And a very good evening, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And welcome to our very special guest tonight, the lovely Marion Dampier-Jeans, who is speaking to us from London, uh, but originally from Denmark. So, Marion, a very good evening to you. Thank you very much indeed. I have to correct you. I'm both Danish and Norwegian. Please do. I... <laughs> Your nationality, dear. <laughs> I... <laughs> Sweetie, I was looking at some of your bio today and there were names of people you collaborated with and I thought, I can't bring them in because I've got absolutely no idea how to pronounce that. <laughs> but wherever you're from, <laughs> Sweetie, it's a true blessing to have you with us. Thank, Thank you, you so much for being with us. And big welcome to everybody joining us live online. Uh, thank you for spending the evening with us. And a special welcome, too, to those people who will be watching us on Catch Up at Later Dates. Marion, where do you start? Your resume is just massive. Absolutely massive. Yeah. It is extreme. I'm not going to say difficult, but explaining who I am. And I think I would just really just go straight into it. Who is Marion? As we said, I was born in Denmark. My mother and my brother is Norwegian. My father and I are Danish. So I spent my childhood between the two countries and the two languages constantly. But my father is the one who started to talk to me about spirit because when when he was younger, he uh, one day he was running through the, he called it the town hall sort of square. And uh, this was back in 1935, I think he said, something like that. And he was running. And uh, on his way, he got stopped by one of the, we call it tramp or whatever you want to call him, vagrant or whatever, uh, called Herman. And he sort of said to my father, and where are you going to, Christian? And he said, I can't stop talking to you. I'm going to a meeting. He said, what meeting? He said, oh, there's a medium there and she's got to speak. And I want to hear from the dead, my father said. So Herman said to my father, all right, I'll come with you. So my father looked at him and says, I'm, am I going to pay for you too? Yeah, 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 Herman said. So they got to the meeting and Herman and my father sat on the first row. And uh, the medium came up and sat down and before you could say go to a booth, Herman was on the floor. And my father just looked down and he just went, oh my God, no. But he didn't actually pass out because of the drink. He was in full trance, Herman. And he not only spoke Danish, he spoke fluently English. Then he went into French. And not only the medium was looking, but everybody within the hall were just standing around him. Then he sat up and he said, and when is it beginning? He had no knowledge. <laughs> and my father was in deep shock at this time. So time went by and my father sort of thought that was very interesting. But the time came when I came into the world. I think that was the biggest things for him ever. And that was that my mother gave birth to me and we had, everybody had home birth in those days, back in the 1950s. And, you know, so my mother gave birth, it was about 3.30 in the morning, 3.20 in the morning. And my father sat with me in his arm like this. And in Denmark, we have wooden stairs, a lot of things is of wood. 
So we have wooden stairs and my father could hear something creeping up of the stairs outside and he thought, well, I wonder who on earth is coming to visit me at this time in the morning. And he's just sat there and through the door, his father physically materialized in front of him. And my father just sat with me like that. And my grandfather said to my father, hello, Christian. I just want to come and tell you that Marion will be. And my father said, I didn't know what you would be because I fainted with you in my hand. And then I got the name of Marion. So after that one, he knew that somehow he had to look after me, my father. And that he did. He knew that I was something special. So all my life, if you can think of it, I have been talking to spirit. I've been walking out, doing my ice skating. I was ice skating with spirit. I was going for walks in town. I was talking to spirit. We also lived directly sort of further down the road. There was a big graveyard. I used to go over there and I used to speak to a little girl called Anna Marie, uh, a beautiful Danish girl who had passed over. She showed me her grave. Then I started to clean her grave. Then when I was finished cleaning her grave, I started to clean all the other graves. So it was this kind of things of being part of talking to spirits since a little girl. Uh, which I thought it was quite natural until, of course, the priest in Denmark came along and looked at me and said, uh, Marion, I want to talk, I, I, I want to work with you. And uh, I must have been at this time, maybe about seven or eight. And I got into his church or we went at home to where he lived. And he just said, can I ask you, what are you doing over in my you know, churchyard? And I just said, talking to the people who's there. And he said, what people? And I said, those who's in, in, you know, lying down there. And he was just in totally shock until I told him that he also had relatives out there. And I mentioned a name of one of his relatives and he just went white. And after that, he actually started to take care of me, sort of make me go to Sunday school and make me go to church and things like that. But I still had that extraordinary sort of sense of just speaking to anything I, I could speak to down the road. But it's called naturally. How so wonderful. Yeah, that was my way in. But I mean, as a child, you don't know the difference. This is what I'm trying to say to anybody. I hear people saying today, oh, my, I was born with it. What do I do with it? Well, if you're born with it, spirit will take care of you, honestly. And that's what they have done with me all my life. And uh, of course, you know, I moved into Copenhagen when I was younger, lived in Copenhagen, had loads of experiences, Copenhagen, including... Uh, you know, lifting off the table in the middle of a room and things like that, and everybody else seems to vanish. And uh, then, obviously, <laughs> then I came to England in, in, in 1969, in the middle of what we call, you know, um, you know, London, when we had Carnaby Street, we had all, you know, the music, we had, which I was a great part of, I have to say, in 69. Uh, you know, the London scene, and I knew a heck of a lot of people in those days, but there was a time, and this is really where it begins my work in England, because remembering, I didn't know anything when I was in Denmark, what it was I could, um, I didn't know who I was, who it was, I was there was no education at the moment with me there, didn't know anything. So as a 19-year-old, I came to, to England, and uh, I was going to a flat, in which I was going to rent, or I was going to go and have a look at it in uh, in West Norwood. So I got on the train, and uh, when I was on the train, I thought, ah, here we are, West Norwood, got off the train, 
And as I came out of the platform, a piece of paper in the middle of the and it landed on my chest. And I took it up, my English wasn't very good, put it in my pocket and went to the place and I stood outside uh, waiting for the landlord to come. And then uh, a lady and uh, a woman came, uh, Jill and Barbara Jackson, and they said to me, can we help you? And I said, I'm waiting for the landlord, I'm looking for a flat. He said, oh, he's not here yet, come and have a cup of tea. So I went upstairs to their flat and sat down and uh, I had my cup of tea and I suddenly remembered this piece of paper I had and I took it out of my pocket and I sort of said to Jill, which was uh, the daughter, I said, Jill, do you know what this says? And she looked at it and she went sort of very funny and she showed it to her mother sideways and she said, oh, oh dear. So I said, what does it say? It says, um, apparently you have been invited to go to West Norwood Spiritualist Church commencing tonight at seven o'clock. And I went, what's the Spiritualist Church? And he said, Barbara said, do you talk to the dead? I said, why are people talking to the dead? Couldn't still understand it anyhow. So Jill said to me, Jill Jackson says, oh, come on, come on, let's go down there and see what it is. So we ran down to the church. I got the flat, by the way, because he came, got the flat, ran down to the church, and we was walking outside, didn't know what to do. And I have to say something that's very important here. Had it not been for the president coming out, looking at me and Jill, going up and down, saying, young ladies, are you coming into our church or not? If you are, come on, let's show you where you can sit. So there was a welcome into the church I don't think if he hasn't been there, we've gone in. So we walked in and we sat almost on the front. Of course, we had to see what was happening. And we sat there and it was a full church at the time. And this little old lady with a bun in her hair, a long gray cardigan and a very long skirt, rather big, came up and she sat down and then she started to sing. And I was going to, to, to Jill and went, oh my God. And then suddenly she sat there and she went, and then was it. And I said, oh, she's falling asleep, you know. And Barbara said, yeah, she's going to be snoring in a minute. We had no idea. She suddenly stood up. This lady, she was in deep trance, totally deep trance. And she suddenly, she just looked around and then she pointed the finger at me. And then she said in Norwegian, Marion. And I went, Yes, jeg er din bestemor, Josefina. That means I am your grandmother, Josephine. And I just sat like this because not only was she in trance, speaking as my Norwegian grandmother, Josephine, she knew my name. I have never met that woman before. And her first word to me were, we have finally got you. And I went, got what? I couldn't understand. What do they mean you have got me? And I just think I got so shocked by the whole lot that then she, she, she started to talk to somebody else and I sneaked out of the church together with Jill and I stood outside. What does it mean she's got me? What's the matter with me? I was all like this. Oh my God. You know, and I, I mean, I got frightened, I have to say. I have never seen anything like it despite that I have worked with this all my life and not realized this was it, this was it. So I think about a month later, I sort of went to another spiritualist church 
oh, they were stuck with the spiritualist church and got down there and uh, sort of got into the circle. And they couldn't teach me anything because I knew more really than what you knew. And my English started to improve. So I started to then work on the platform straight after that and has been going ever since. So that was really my start into Great Britain. And wow. my work. <laughs> that, that is just amazing. And that's just the starting point, isn't it? That's just um, the starting point. That's the starting point. So, you know, when you think about being a medium and you're thinking about you don't know there's one thing i've got to explain here and that is i am very dyslexic uh really dyslexic people they always laugh at when i write to them they go, oh she's great she's look at what she's writing but i'm really dyslexic and the first things the spirit said to me because i actually when i start communicating why me why me and they said because we like you we, you know you're born with this but because of your dyslexia you cannot on no circumstances read any books we like to teach you ourselves. we like to model you we like to take care of you we like to work with you and that's what spirit has done all my life they have literally taken care of me they have put me into situation where i can go and that is i would say i'm so thankful for spirit so so thankful that that's what you have done because i can't read and it, i just can't read and that's all there's to it i, I would read one page and i forgot what it said when i went over to the next one i wonder what i'll just read in the first page so that's another way that uh, i have been with spirit and how do you have taught me that amazing you know what people would uh, classify as a disability actually is an ability so you're not going into anything cluttered up with other people's thoughts you have got it in one and i was just very amazed that that is what uh, spirit did honestly and then little by little i started to meet people and of course you know i ended up sitting in a physical circle as a medium in the cabinet for, for many years in london and that was the first time ever that we had a spirit through that suddenly came out in danish and everybody was saying, what did he just say? And we had a lady who had lived in Sweden for many years. Uh, she said, I think that he said his name was uh, Eitner Nilsson or something like that, Eitner Nilsson. And uh, he said, of course I'm, I'm Eitner Nilsson, he said. And this is all now becoming independently voicing. And uh, he then turned around and said, Marion is just like me. And we will have to bring her back home to Denmark. She has to come back. She has to teach Denmark again what we have lost over many, many years. And uh, I thought, I don't know what, what he means by this. And we go back in 1988 or something like that when this happened. And uh, yes, he was completely correct. I was uh, invited into Denmark um, and uh, started to work. And what really took off in Denmark uh, with me and in Norway and in the other the Scandinavian countries was that I did a TV program. Uh, they wanted to try what and who I was. And uh, knowing me and when I work, I did what is called a live uh, sitting uh, by doing psychometry, holding something in my hand and uh, a young man came through he gave his name as bo and it was, was completely correct 
and I said that he had died with AIDS, which he also did at the time. That's what he died of. And I said, but I can't understand one thing. And he said, what's that? And I said, well, this is all on television. And I said, well, is he a trans transvestite? She said, what, what make you say that? The, the woman, Reke, said to me. I said, because he stands in this beautiful, beautiful dress with a huge big hat on. And he stands there and he certainly thinks, the minute he walks through the joint, vroom, vroom, and I was sitting singing on television. And then she nearly fainted because her brother was in a show called The Kitty Cat. The last everything that he ever saw by him was him doing a show called Kitty Cat, where he sang the minute he walks through the joint. And he actually had a film with him singing it. And he put us into like what we are today, two, two things, as you could see. And both of hand movements were totally the same. Wow. That wow. killed Denmark. I couldn't walk in the street in Denmark without people going, the minute he walks through the joint. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't matter where I was going. So I ended up doing a lot of television in Denmark, newspapers, radios. But you mustn't forget I did that in England too. With Terry Wogan and everything else I had been on over here too. Many, many programs. <laughs> so <laughs> I was just sitting like this. But that was really how I came into Denmark. Uh, started to work and started to bring spiritualism back as what Eitland Nielsen told me to do. I had to bring it back. And that I certainly have in big ways. Uh, because when I look at spiritualism in Denmark, I have to be very proud of it. I have to be extremely proud of it because we had spirit communication since 1889. We had almost 30 spiritualist churches and halls and, and circles in Denmark. We had so many of them. We, you know, and it was fantastic to see. Though at the, at the end of it, we only have two left, but we have loads of uh, organizations in Denmark at the moment that works, you know, on this all the time. And spiritualism, I have to say, is a legal religion in Denmark. Uh, from last year, it has been voted in as uh, something. It is part of Roman Catholicism, Protestant, and spiritualism has got the same right. That's it. So that is very nice to actually know that we do have that. We're quite forward in Denmark, plus we have got fantastic mediums. Um, and specific, we had some of the world first class physical mediums came actually out of Denmark. But we must also remember they came from Norway, they came from Iceland too, and um, Denmark and Sweden. So, you know, but our mediums, I started to say to myself, well, I'm going to do a research. But that was because that Eitner Nielsen came through in a physical circle. And then Annemelune Rasmussen, which is somebody else I would like to talk about. But let us take into Eitner Nielsen first and uh, who Eitner Nielsen was. Because that he has been an extraordinary medium, I have to say. He was uh, literally uh, tested by science all over the place. Uh, there's Eitner Nielsen. Uh, we often sit like this, Aina and me together, but Aina Nielsen was a fantastic uh, physical medium. Uh, he traveled many, many places uh, in specific the Nordic countries. He was also came to England and he was um, given a, um, uh, you know, some kind of recognition in England for the work in which he did. 
So Ina Nilsson is one of those kind of mediums who came through to me, first of all, the one who got me into Denmark, the one who has set all my physical circles up in Denmark, the one who works a lot with me and given me extremely information. There's one little story I think that's very nice about Ina Nilsson, and that was he lived in a place called Nørrebro in Copenhagen. And um, in one of his sittings, I mean, if you can imagine that Aina, he could actually stand with spirit outside the cabinet. So he could actually, spirit stand on one side and Aina stood on the other side. I mean, that is absolutely incredible. Now, these stories I'm given here is actually coming from works that's handwritten by him uh, and his uh, secretary, he had to remove Lebe. So I'm taking it from there. But that was one story and that was that, he had a seance because he had that, I think it was on a Monday night, and he used to go up and sit and have the seance, that's it, that's where he is in the cabinet with ectoplasm. And uh, on the sort of lower ground, another gentleman was living, and he got rather fed up by seeing these people every Monday nipping up to Aina Nilsson's sort of place, and he stopped Rimor Lebe at a time, going up, and he said to Rimor Lebe, he said, uh, why are you always going up there? I can hear you singing. Are you having some kind of religious thingy bobby upstairs? And she said, no, 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 no. He said, well, I demand to come up, he said, because I want to know what's going on. So Dimo Rebe said, oh, how do we do this without getting you know, in trouble with the neighbors? So anyhow, you know, he came up and he went over to Ayn and said, before we start, your neighbors is here. He wants to know what's going on. And I go, well, let him sit down and see. So he sat down and the circle started and the voices came in and suddenly he heard boom, bang, boom, 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 boom. And he all thought, what was that? What on earth was that? And they were all sitting, oh my God, oh my God, he was all sitting. And he couldn't move their feet. They could not move their feet. And then they said, I'm sorry, they all said, we don't know what's going on. So what he did, and it was really funny, he had to sort of get Aina out of the cabinet and saying, we have to stop this, we can't move, you can't come out, spirit can't come out, we can't do anything. Something is in the middle of the floor. And uh, right north, the light came on, that was it. And he all sat there looking, and in the middle of the floor, there was 12 paintings, oil paintings on top of each other. Staggered, small and big ones. And Libio Rebbe sort of stood up and looked at it and went, what's this all about? And took one of the, the, the painting and, and looked at it and went, oh, it looks like the seaside. And turned it around to show everybody <laughs> in, in. And the man from down there said, do you know, I have got a painting like that. And he said, really? Got the next one up. This was on a farm. Showed that around. And he said, that's funny. I've got one of those too. <laughs> and he went, can we go downstairs and have a look at your flat, all of us? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he all went down. He stood down and he said, well, I don't know where all my paintings are, but all of them is gone. There was not one painting left on his wall. He was all upstairs in the sounds from being, <laughs> <laughs> being transported up. <laughs> that is how Anja Nielsen, he was a fantastic guy. You know, he really worked very well. He His physical materializations was fantastic because, as again I say, 
I have talked to people who has sat with him, who has worked with him, who has seen his physical demonstrations all over, uh, you know, wherever he went to. So I have firsthand experience. Plus, I actually talked to his daughter, uh, who I think she was about 80 when I talked to her. She's now passed over, and she also told me an awful lot of stories about her father, Aitna Nilsson. So that is how, again, I realized the strength in our mediums and what we had in Denmark. So I started to sort of search a little bit further over, and suddenly I got a lot of pictures lying on my, my sort of desk, and I went, what's this all about? And then we have a photographer in Denmark with the name of Svend Tjok. And Svend Tjok was not a medium. And he did not have anything to do with spiritualism, but he had a laboratorium in Copenhagen, something called Vesterbro. And in that laboratorium, because he was a photographer, he took films and he had a studio and he had everything else like that. Yes, that was very interesting about him because of the pictures he took. I am looking at the pictures all around people's homepages and everywhere else, they don't understand the history of this man. Uh, he was fantastic, but he took pictures of table levitations uh, in his studio. He had, um, he had three cameras, one up, one down, one sideways that could take the pictures. And uh, one of the mediums that sat in within him or his circle on his was actually animal Luna Rasmussen. That was why things happening as well as they were because of her influence. But he was fantastic. And the first time he ever got to know about spiritualism is a very funny thing too. And that is that he went out to the countryside. Yeah, there he goes with his chairs. Um, one of the things he went out to the countryside because he wanted to take photograph of some cows. And when he was walking around the field, he met uh, <laughs> he met the farmer. So the farmer said, oh, come on, I have a cup of coffee, dear Sven. So he went into his house and uh, had a cup of coffee and sat down. And then suddenly, <laughs> then suddenly he turned around and said to Sven, you have to meet my daughter. She's a bit funny, you know. <laughs> and Sven thought, was she trying to get us together or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, this kind of thing. But what it ended up with really were that the daughter had something that absolutely knocked him flat. He said, just watch what she can do, dear. And then what happened was she sat down having a cup of coffee and he said, go on, show your trick. And she just looked at the table and that table levitated into the midair. And he just went... <laughs> <laughs> and try to figure out how in the heck he did that, not knowing that he himself, in his laboratorium, many years after, would actually have physical levitation, but he didn't just have levitation. There's a, a very beautiful story from one of the people who told me who sat with him. He was sitting at the table, and he was you all sitting, and we wonder what's going to happen today. And suddenly all the chairs he was sitting on started to go for a walk with them on top of it. We're just going around like, oh. <laughs> they're all hanging on to the broom and chairs, I'm telling you. Just hanging on to it. And he said, can't believe this. And suddenly, in the corner, he had a sheep's big, um, I think it was a see-through kind of place where all his plates and cup were. The door swung open. 
and all the cups and plates came out and started to walk along in the room, just dance around. And then the old boom went back again to the place where they were. The old got pushed back to the chairs and laid back where they came from. These are stories that people have told me and many more stories about Sven Turk and his work and what he saw sitting with him and things like that. She said it was absolutely unbelievable. And uh, there was one day also when the Luni and Animal Luna Rasmussen came in, which we'll talk about in a minute. And uh, what happened there were there's a huge big table, it's almost like a billiard table was there. And I and uh, um, Sven Turk have asked to have some of his uh, nobler friends in like uh, you know uh, the highest person that was uh, in the fire brigade he was there and a doctor was there and you know you've got to see this levitation the table you will never understand it so so what happened was that that they all were sitting in this room and he had a very long sort of i think uh place where there was, there was doors in the middle into the next room so as soon as anime luna rasmussen came in the chair chair lifted off and all of the people who was coming to the demonstration with the table levitation got pushed on top of the floor, uh, on top of the table. And then Anne-Melune Rasmussen were hanging onto the table and it was flying right through the room with everybody on top of it. <laughs> and Anne-Melune Rasmussen hanging onto it. So that is just the most extraordinary stories I can tell about what people have told me, what they have seen, been part of. So now we have got little Annie Maluna Rasmussen. She was again a woman who was born with this. She actually knew Eitner Nielsen and uh, helped him with his circle, Eitner Nielsen, in the days where maybe Eitner Nielsen was traveling around uh, the Nordic countries. But Annie Maluna Rasmussen had telekinesis in the same time as she had everything else. She was also tested by science. She was tested by people all around. Um, she was never afraid of showing her quality and things like that. Uh, but she has, um, unfortunately, there was an incident, and this is where I want to come to now in Denmark, where we have a Professor Plum in Denmark. He was a professor. His name was called Preben Plum in Denmark. He also sat together with Sven Turk and put a signature down that what he saw was absolutely accurate, the levitation, what Animal Luna Rasmussen could do, and all the things that happened there was something like a two years period. But something happened between Sven Turk and uh, Professor Plum, so they split as friends. And when they split as friends, actually Professor Plum wanted his revenge and took it out on um, Anne-Marie Rasmussen and set up in Denmark a film where he removed some bricks outside his uh, his uh, his room where he's got a you know Professor Prempelia has to sit outside where he's um, where he's got to have his sounds and uh, the camera out there will sort of photograph her shoes and sort of upwardly and uh, there was a sitar lying on the floor. And uh, suddenly the sitar started to play. And uh, it was uh, her own guide that came through at the time and a lot of things would happen. But what happened were in the film we see in Denmark or that is out in Denmark, you see underneath the table, you see the sitar and you see, I, I see her, her feet. But I couldn't understand how a lady with shoes on could play 
mandoline underneath a table. I mean, that was the first things that came to me. So I started to dig in a little bit harder to find out what is this all about? What, what is going on here? And started to research in to find out about who she was or what happened at night and so forth. And one day when I did one of my television programs in Denmark, I actually showed on television uh, Sven Turek's book. So the, til uh, the TV crew went and they actually interviewed uh, Professor Preben Plum. And uh, one of the first things he said about spiritualism were, I regret what I did. And his word regret really stood with me. And I thought, what has he regretted? So I started to search into it. And I then started to speak to Annie Milona Rasmussen's um, uh, family and things like that. And she got destroyed over what happened because of now Denmark was going in that spiritualism was a fraud, communication was a fraud, physical mediumship was a fraud. So all the wonderful places we had in Denmark at the time shut down. All the churches, all the halls literally shut down. There was nobody who went there anymore. So that is why our churches shut down, not because there was any argument. It was because it is shut down because of the devastating blow that that was shown on television. And uh, it was really hard because I later found out it could not have been her feet under the table because she had a dis she had a disability a formality in in her in 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 her feet, and you don't see that under the table. So there was a literally a setup. Very, very sad to hear that, but I'm glad that Professor Plo tried to explain, but of course didn't go in the depth of it. But with Anima Luna Rasmussen after this, she, there's another beautiful story. I have got her handwritten book too. And there's, uh, it shows her strength. I have to tell you her strength is beyond strength. She was in her kitchen uh, in Copenhagen and she was um, making coffee. And she realized that her window person was doing the windows outside. So she went out and she said to Ole, she said, would you like to have a cup of coffee? And Ole said, oh, I would love that. So he said, oh, you keep doing the window and I will go and do the coffee finished. And suddenly <laughs> he, she heard the biggest scream ever from her living room and she rushed in to see what was happening. Ole, that was doing the window cleaning, was taken from the window outside into her living room, placed on her settee, laid down. The settee had now risen into the midair. Her two armchairs and the table was all moving around. So the all changed places were all on top of the settee. All just ran. He was so frightening. And I love her words. She says, I didn't have anybody to do my window after that. <laughs> 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 but that was Annie Milone Rasmussen. These are the people that we had. Do you understand their work? Uh, they went out to show. Uh, and I have to turn around and say, we had spiritualism in Denmark since the 18, 1889, I think, or whatever it is. We had it. And we had local organization. And we have also, you know, had so many fantastic mediums in the past. Uh, and small books has come out, not many. So I have written my last book. I've now written five books in Denmark, and most of them is bestsellers in Denmark. 
And this last one I have written, I have actually introduced again to some of the things that was happening with, my, with our older mediums and what he did and who they were. And it's just fantastic. But that has made me, I have to say, a better medium because I have sat for so much research myself and have sat with most physical mediums. I traveled to see them. I sat with them. I've been had my own circles. Um, so that is my part of my mediumship. I think that my father was told when I was born, Marion would be, but my father didn't quite get it because of the physical that has always been around me. But the physical mediumship, I have to say, follows me on the platform. I have physical, literally, things happening. I was down in Wimbledon Spiritualist Church some, some time ago. And I had to say, when I was down there, it was a very hot day. I think that the healers have forgotten to actually turn off the heating. So there was not only like a hill inside, there was hill outside too. And we got in there and it was really, really hot. And I had many people in the congregation. So what actually happened then were that uh, I kept on drinking from the, uh, you know, the caravel that was on the table, drinking, drinking, because it was that hot. And it must have been about, I don't know, about 10 minutes away from, from, from when we have to, to stop the demonstration. I had drank all the water literally drank all the water and I turned around and there was no water left and uh, Ray Robinson turned around and and said to me do you want to have a coca-cola Mary and I said no 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 that's fine we're nearly finished and I just stood there believing this or not but suddenly I had people screaming in the church and they all stood up and pointed the finger and I went what's wrong with him and I turned around only to see that the watering can was refilling itself with water <laughs> that is happening more than I can say in my spiritualist churches. In Denmark, we had the same phenomena. I was in a huge big hall giving a huge big demonstration for about 250 people. And I was standing there and I said, you must remember to turn off your mobile phones. That was my thing. And we kept on repeating it. That was with the, one of our spiritualist churches in Denmark in Aarhus called uh, the uh, Lusatus. And Bettina Thompson, which is the leader of the church, the president of the church, was with me on the platform. And she said, now, do remember, turn off the, the, all the phones, turn it off. And there I was on the platform, just about to talk. And what do we hear? A phone ringing. And a phone ringing. And I was just going to a gentleman and saying, oh, I have got your wife here. And then a phone rang. And we was looking like this. I said, right. Who hasn't turned that phone off? We got very sort of very angry. And everybody was in the pocket looking. They all went like this. No, 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 no. And I said, that's strange. We all heard the phone rang. And then the gentleman sort of said to me, oh, dear, Marion. I said, what's wrong with you? I said, she said, I have to tell you. But my wife, she sat at the telephone exchange for 40 years. <laughs> she was an operator there. <laughs> and I bet you it was her. And the phone rang again and stopped. So there's all things like that. I go into a church and water are thrown at people. So they literally sit in the air and, and, and what? Is it raining? I had people in one of my demonstrations and all I could see was two legs in the air or four legs all together in the air. And I went, what's happening down there? And spirit had laid them back so the legs was in the air. <laughs> never hurt anybody. Never, never hurt anybody. I have to say. But the phenomena continuously keep on with me on the platform, or it happens at home when people sit with me here in my home. Um, so it's again going back to my childhood, if you like. It's like 
you know, sort of saying, you know, here we are, this is what is happening, this is Marion, uh, yes, she has this phenomenon with her. Sometimes it gets upsetting with people because they're wondering what happens <laughs> when, when certainly something happens or my chairperson doesn't realize. And, you know, when you put a, a CD on, you put it in to sing and suddenly the CD turns off and it opens up the, uh, the you know, the thing where the CD is, and the CD shuts off and boom, flies ahead. And you all sort of say, but never mind, you know, next, you know. I'm always having a sense of humor with it because I have literally learned that that is what spirit likes. So it is quite nice, it's quite pleasant. And, uh, you know, and I'm having a good time in, in Denmark and in Norway, it's the same, and in Sweden and in Iceland and in Greenland. Not many people have worked in Greenland, but it's one of the countries I have loved to go to because it really is a fantastic nature people in Greenland. So in North Norway and North Sweden, they are called the Sami people, they are nature people. And they in themselves have lots of phenomenons, I have to say, in daylight, voices, independent voices. It's the same with my, my mother. She had independent voices in the light. Nothing was ever in the dark. And I have to say, that my circle, my physical circles, learn. We don't sit in the dark. We will sit with a little light. But what we also have in there is actually cameras. We have recording. We record what is happening. And we have them screwed on the walls. And if spirit don't want anything to go on, he literally takes them, he unscrews it from the wall and puts it underneath our chairs. This has happened more than once. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. So sometimes we can be able to see things, other times we're not able to see things, then we can hear voices on the tape and knockings and banging. And I have a fantastic, or I had a fantastic circle in Copenhagen. And in a, in, in, in a time we had three mediums in there, one sitting outside, Jens Sirk was sitting in the cabinet and then Peter. And to see what spirit didn't do that, that day, it was absolutely extraordinary. When we talk about seeing ectoplasm, in the light and i have to go back to the light sitting in the light and jacob that was sitting there the first thing she said i have to be a bit rude now i do apologize he was sitting there and he was going marion yes what's wrong i said my stomach is going big and i said never mind i think i had to fart he says and i just said well all right let the wind out if that's what's going to happen well i don't know what's happening but there's something happened and what we actually saw was actually his stomach going bigger, but through his nose came ectoplasm out and split into two and also through the mouth, it split into two. And suddenly that ectoplasm went into the cabinet and through out to the other medium and around the room. And suddenly the voice of Torvald Torsen, which was Eitner Nielsen's uh, investigator into the paranormal came through. And there he was in his very old-fashioned Danish, independent voice, came straight across to me. The table was levitating in the same time, placed upon my chest, and there he was sitting, talking. In the same time, Eitner Nilsson came through. So not only did Torvald Torsen talk, but Eitner Nilsson talked too. And then those two started to talk together. This phen uh, uh, phenomenon I have only seen in another place, and that is when I used to sit with uh, Leslie Flint. Uh, in London, I was invited to see Leslie Flint, to see some of his uh, his demonstration in Paddington in London. My husband came there too. And that was very interesting because when we got there and sat with Leslie, 
it was a wonderful room. It was like a little cinema, I can sort of say. He used to show films down there. It was a cinema. And on his wall was all characters that he has been talking to, plus his guide, Mickey. And when we sat there, you always heard Mickey coming through as a laughter, this little boy. And of course, those who know Physical Phenonymous do know that he was never in trance, ever, ever in trance. He just sat there. Leslie, you know, this big man just sat there. And then he will talk, and then, uh, you know, you will have his guide talk, Mickey talk, and then he will talk. And then sometimes you will hear Mick, uh, you will hear uh, uh, Leslie go, <coughs> <coughs> and you will hear Mickey turn around, stop snorting for God's sake. And you will hear, <laughs> you will hear Leslie say, I'm not snorting. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. They had a huge big argument about snorting. And then you started to laugh. And then suddenly, what did you hear? One one voice, then another voice, and there was two more voices going to Dabat. There was Leslie who was talking as a medium, then you had Mickey talking, then you had another person talking, another spirit talking, and another spirit, and he was all speaking to each other, and he was sitting, are they ever going to talk to us? And he was just having conversations. It was fantastic, but of course there was extremely evidence in this. Until so one day I also sat with Leslie, and uh, he said to me, you know, Marion, do you know anything about languages? And I said, well, yeah, he said, because you, you're not English. And I said, no, I'm not. He said, could you listen to these tapes? So he gave me these this tapes and I got back home again and I didn't understand what he was saying. So I had to get hold of my girlfriend, uh, Ruth Mumchik is her name. And I gave it to her and says, do you know what you're saying? She said, yeah, it's Polish. I said, is it? She said, yeah, what is he saying? She said, um, hang on, let me just, and she came back and says, where you got this tape from? I said, oh, for, from a physical medium called Leslie Flint. I went, why? Like this, why is that? She said, because, Marion, I have to tell you that uh, the voices was talking in Polish on some people that was going to a concentration camp elsewhere, and he was on the way into the chamber of gas. And you hear the last conversation. I went, oh my God. And that also came through. Why they come through, I have no idea. I just don't know why they come through. I have to say uh, why these souls come through. But it was incredible to actually sit with Leslie Flint and then hear foreign, well, he didn't understand the languages. And then one day my father came through and in Danish went, hello, Marion, bye, Leslie. Oh, what, what, what? They all sat there. It doesn't stop spirit. You can speak whatever language you like, and he will come through. What um, uh, what I really thought with Leslie Flint were, you could hear Scottish accents, you could hear English accents. There was children, there were women, all of different voices. And I think that when I saw Leslie, we go back in 1980-something, when I saw Leslie anyhow, I think that my mediumship became be better. I think that I knew what I was looking for. I think I knew what I, what I wanted. I, I think at that time, that was when my physical work also started. I started, in a sense of it, started to realize there was a lot more to spirit communication, life and death and so forth. So, When you see somebody of that standing and that caliber, it removes our own mental blocks yeah. as well of thinking, well, I can't do that, we can't do this, we can't do that. But actually, yeah. you know, if we, leave, if we really link in with spirit, nothing is unachievable. Absolutely. I, you, I was, sorry. Sorry. No, you, I want to say, okay. <laughs> You're the guest. You talk. You're darling. Stop this. <laughs> All right, Tracy. 
<laughs> oh dear. I'm waiting for you now. Me. Okay, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Do you think um, the decline in the physical medium uh, ship demonstrations is partly due to society has become much more cynical you know if you were to stand there and say right i'm going to give a physical demonstration tonight of mediumship i am going to produce xyz a bigger percentage of people coming to see that wouldn't be coming to see that to share in the joy of spirit and the wonder you know of what is achievable most people will be coming in going right i've got my camera i've got my recorder you know and i'm looking out for what and you know it, spirit are intelligent and if, the, if people are going to come into a demonstration in that vein of trying to disprove it uh his name randy out in the us if you're bringing that energy into a demonstration i don't think it's the energy is stopping it i think it's spirit just saying do you want to do it yeah, i mean carry well, on yeah, they turned around and he actually said to us in one of the circles, we don't mind, uh, you know, inviting science in people who want to monitoring our work. It's fine. But we don't like to have debunkers in. If you are open, you can be skeptical, then come in and we will prove it to you. But we don't want this attitude, what he had over so many years. You know, he, I mean, there's many more than him. We had it in Denmark too, where he tried to discredit Einar Nielsen for some kind of fraud that he has done in Oslo, which isn't quite accurate. Uh, they did it with uh, Animal Lunar Rasmussen. It was still not quite accurate. So you will always have debunkers coming in because that either they have a religious attitude or they have another attitude, this can't happen. There's just one thing I would like to say to all these skeptical people out there who has never seen physical phenomena, who keep on debunking it. My one question is, how many years have you actually sat in the physical circle to try to understand this? And the word are never. So how could you possibly talk about what is fraud and what isn't fraud if you never have sat for 10 years in a circle monitoring it being there studying it i think it's the biggest claptrap i'm afraid to say i can get so angry when people say, i don't believe in this rubbish have you studied it have you mm. looked into it have you been to the churches have you been to a medium not just one medium many medium many churches it's all out there for you yes there is a lot of strange circles going on at the moment all over the place. I mean, I'm the first who's hanging it up. I hated going to a seance or what we call a demonstration of physical mediumship sitting in the dark. Why on earth will you sit in the dark? You can't damn see a thing. You should have a bit of light done. Come off so we can see it. Tom Johansson, which, uh, you know, his, his mother, you know, also had a beautiful, beautiful, uh, you know, circle. Uh, the Saturday Night Club, I think it was called. I spoke to him before he passed over and he also said, "Never, don't ever sit in the dark. Sit in the light, which I have always done. I hate going in and then suddenly saying, oh, wonderful phenomena. And I said, where? Well, the trumpet was flying, the tambourine was flying, this was flying. I said, can you tell me what kind of phenomenon of spirit there is in that? Of course there is nothing. It's called parlor game. It's totally parlor game. There is no absolutely evidence in seeing trumpet flying in the air. 
you know, honestly, for those who really search into it, it's it's the voices, it's spirit, it's the communication, it's the education in which spirit so wonderful love to give in, in in our circles do you love to give how things work do you ask us to keep on research do you ask us to look out and see but all these things that's coming along now and of course we have got circles you know that's fraudulent honestly very fraudulent and very frightening and they are charging and i am so angry about that so much money it's ridiculous it's totally insane the fees in which they are charging you know, I'm not saying that the medium shouldn't have some work, but some of the, you know, I'm sorry. Okay. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I've seen some <laughs> demonstrations, and you can just do the maths. Uh, the numbers expected to attend times the fee, and you think, really? That's an interesting figure. We've got some questions coming in on the side, which is wonderful, and a lot of interaction. Um, I'm not sure whether to put this up or not. I'm not <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to spark. You just crossed your arms then. And when you did that, I thought, uh-oh. <laughs> no. no. Hello, Annette. <laughs> Annette has been lovely. She's been backing you up all the way in the chat column there and giving links and everything. Absolutely beautiful. Um, hi, Anita, and thank you for it. Yes, I think that what we don't talk about a lot, I have to say in our circles, we don't talk a lot about it in spiritualism. We all like this. Does circles ever go wrong? That's one thing. Is there anything that is bad within spiritualism? We don't talk about it. Everything is angel and very good. Has anybody ever been to a level they shouldn't be to and start to see things? Well, in my circle, I have to say, or my summer school I had in Denmark, I asked people, literally, if you've got to sit with physical phenomena with me, you don't drink. I won't have it. You don't come in stoned out of your head. We did that in 1969, dear. That was fine. But you don't do it in my circles. And, of course, we had exactly that. That happened. There was a couple of people that was out of order and was partly drunk. And as I was just about to go in with Eitner Nielsen, he stopped it, boom, right out. He stopped it and he turned on the light and everything else. And he said, that's it. And it was very dangerous what's happened there. And there was somebody there that has to be carried out because there was a sidetrack here of something else that's coming into the circle that shouldn't have been there, brought in because of alcoholism and things like that. So that's what I need to talk about. So I have always said, you know, we can go out and we can talk about all the good things, but there also lies a danger beneath everything else. And I have actually seen quite a lot of that. Um, people talk a lot in Denmark, I have to say, of going out, cleansing houses. That means you do an exorcism, if you like. There's big business in Denmark, lots of money for that. But I'm afraid to say that you don't really know what you're dealing with half of the time. Um, and again, I was on the training list, I have to say, in London by Rose Gladden, which was a very old medium in England, and she had studied exorcism for many, many years, and I learned a lot from her and a man called Bob Course and Steve Welch has now passed over, and we were put into a situation I will never like to go back into again. Um, when you see another level of spirit, the darker side of it, why isn't we never talk about that and warn people? Yeah. Very true. I, I had one uh, brief touch 
of a spirit communication that should never have happened. But it should have, because it taught me a lesson. My teacher at the time, when I described what had happened uh, and how I dealt with it, she said, you were being tested and you've done well. Mm. Because, yeah, you know, if people die tomorrow, they're not suddenly going to grow wings and be a light, fluffy, ethereal being. They're going to be exactly the same as they were today. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Thank you, Annette, for that. Yeah, thank you very much, Anita. I'll speak to you later. But uh, what was very interesting, that is, that I have always been taught by spirit there's good and bad. And he always said to me, Marion, good and bad walks hand in hand. You have yeah. to learn to separate it. And you've got to find out that sometimes the good and the good people can walk into the darkness and it's very hard to get back again. Yeah. You know, so I learned a lot of things by Rose Gladden, I have to say, with the things that she did and... And how, what she taught me was was extraordinary, you know. Um, it's another session you should really listen to. Some of the things that can go very, very wrong, we just don't talk about it. We talk about all the good things, everything that's light and bright. We talk about angels, we talk about all that, and that's fine. But there is a very dark side to it too. I've very often, yeah, I've often said to people, you know, progression can is not always uphill. Sometimes yeah. we can progress downhill. And yeah. we have to be mindful of that. And I think that it is very good for people who are studying spiritualism, its philosophy and everything else, to actually learn the two sides of it. Not go to it, but actually learn it to see what is happening in all this. It has, uh, it really has been for me, I have to, to say, a learning point where my hair have stood up. You know, but you have to, I think with the teaching, you go forward with the help from spirit, you go forward. But there has been time, you know, where spirit has to show me the lower level. You can't take me there, but you have certainly showed it to me and things like that. So, Yeah, no, I, I agree wholly. So there's a question here from Phil Maltby. Hello, Phil. <laughs> um, well, I can only say, I mean, the thing is, Phil, I come from a very spiritual home. I have to explain that. My mother, who's Norwegian or was Norwegian, uh, she was into spiritualism or she was into communication to the Sami side of life. She had fantastic independent voice and everything else. My father, as you now know, was also in spiritualism. He went to the meetings back in 1935, there about. And then he had me. And then you heard the story from my birth. So I was certainly brought up with it i had it within me but it is like everything else i think that you can go in and there is an ability this is not a gift it is an ability you're right there when you say that word i love you for it uh it's an ability you can learn it as you get older you can sit with it so yes i think the ability is within all of us but i think that it's up to us if you want to use it or if we can use it, or in which way you want to go with it, if it's the mental mediumship or the healing or platform work or circle work or physical, I think the ability are there within all of us. But I think that it helps, like me, coming from that kind of uh, branch of it into this, uh, even spirit put me and my husband together, I have to say, that was uh, their doing. We actually met in the funeral parlor. Okay. <laughs> 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 Can I meet somewhere? 
some friends of ours uh, of my husband had uh, a party and he had bought aston funeral parlor so he wanted to get rid of all the vibration and had a big party there and i was there and my husband was there we didn't know each other at the time and we were just there and we started to dance together and my husband sneakily said together with everybody else do you feel at home here darling <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. I met my husband until I married him. We've been married. How lovely. How lovely. Yeah, that, that is a, a very good question there. I, I My understanding of it is you can have a thousand pianists, but only yeah. one will be one yeah. who will be the grand concert pianist. There's no defamation to the others but only one will just really refine that gift and that ability yeah, absolutely yeah i know sue <laughs> lovely sue been a big help to me <laughs> can you just read that for me here comes yeah the difficulty all right yes apologies uh marion how do you feel your energies change when spirit use them in many different ways um I don't know because that because things are very natural to me so honestly it's very very natural to me some people say they go cold some goes hot i just know they are there i have this inner ability by tuning in it's, it's very difficult because it's just a natural way with me i can't explain sue a lot of people say they sit for meditation and and then you feel things changing and whatever that has never been my sort of thing sue it's just there it's so naturally i, I can't explain it to you um help yeah. <laughs> really explain it because it's just so natural as i said as a child sue i walked and i started to speak to to spirit nothing changed in that it was just me it was just marion got our ice skating playing down the churchyard in the church everywhere it was natural there was nothing i can sort of compare with anything i know when spirit is around because i sometimes hear clicking noises I click, 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 click. They're trying to get into my sort of hearing. Uh, I sometimes, I mean, smells. I mean, I think many people who's into this understand we have six senses and we can use the six senses at any time we like. Part of that is smelling and tasting. So I can sit and I can, and I can smell spirit. I can taste spirit, what you'd like to eat and all sort of things like that. So I'm not really quite sure how I feel when the energies are, are changing. When I sit in my physical circles, I just feel so relaxed and so in love. I feel so great and I feel, yes, come on, let us see what we can do. And I'm always a very happy medium. I'm always smiling and laughing and joking. And I think that has also brought me forth to my work. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's a good question because it just made me just examine when I'm working on the philosophical side or the mediumistic side. And actually, no, I don't feel any yeah. different. It's just there yeah good question it, sue thank you sue that was lovely so does independent voice phenomena necessarily require ectoplasm or can it work in other means well i'm sure that it oliver norman hello i am sure that <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he's a Dane too, and I know him. Uh, independent voice can, can can work in many. You can use ectoplasm, which 
if you sit in a physical circle, we often have the ectoplasm in which we use, like what um, Leslie Flint did, also used ectoplasm to be able to produce uh, a voice box. So spirit can, you know, do the, the larynx. But because of my mother had independent voices in the middle of nowhere, and I have it too, I have not actually felt the voice box being built. So they obviously got to use a different kind of energy to be able to master the voices in which is coming. So I think that we are probably moving away, I have to say, from a lot, hello dear, yeah, I knew it was you. <laughs> and I know that they have, they have obviously moved away somehow, I think, uh, from that uh, ectoplasm, independent voice, building it up into something else. I think that that's what they're doing, honestly. I mean, uh, Oliver Norman there, you know, we know because we had uh, the physical circle within his home and my home. So he can talk about independent voices and what went on there. <laughs> so there. But I think that's this because of, it's like everything else in spiritualism. We've got to remember that it's modernizing. It's becoming newer. New things are happening. Do, do you know what I mean? So why shouldn't we start to look into the physical aspect of we can use a different kind of uh, energy to be able to produce the phenomenons? I mean, you know, Robin Foy did that, you know, and I know Robin, Robin Foy did that, sitting in his circles, and they didn't actually use the cabinet, they didn't use anything, they just had plenty of mediums that were there to be able to produce things, in which, you know, we had in my circle too in Copenhagen, we had three mediums in one state, all could produce uh, both ectoplasm and independent voices and other things too, so we are modernizing, and I'm very happy for that, really happy. This is uh, part and parcel of um, what I love about spiritualism is it's mm. continually evolving. Spirit continually evolved mm. as we're seeing now, nights like this being online. We would, mm -hmm. I said last night, a year ago, we would never have entertained this thought or this idea. But now it's sort of like second nature and through demonstrations of mediumship of mediums with good standing we've seen some fantastic evidence coming across where we've yep. not got any of that personal link we're not sat in a room with a load of people and saying come on give me your energy because you just sat here alone yep. and it's still working so yep. i wonder with uh, physical if there's going to be something happen there because so many things have happened outside the cabinet things are happening without ectoplasm and things like that so it is really taking shape i have to say which is very very good i i, I really do like that but in a sense of it also i think by doing these things that you're doing here a lot of the philosophers this time comes through because a lot of people and i have to say that goes to spiritual churches they're only in there for one reason and that's actually have the future told uh, we have gone away from reality we've gone away from what i call spiritualism what is it communication what is it our philosophy what is it into hello i've got your mother here and she says you've got to move into a new place there's something wrong with you you don't feel very happy all new things got to happen what has that got to do with spiritualism and communication you might as well go down to brighton p and pay her five quid and have your hand read yeah so no we have no, no. To, we have I... to sit back you know I, I do agree. Even before this time uh, of restrictions, I was getting very despondent that every night there was another demonstration of mediumship on here, there and everywhere. 
and you put a night of philosophy on and you were lucky if you got half a dozen people come in to listen to it and it was it was sad it was sad but i'm pleased yeah. uh that through this new medium that we are reaching out there and people are really engaging in it and asking sensible questions asking questions which is paramount you know i always say no question is daft if you don't know the answer and that is why i think i like to sit within my physical circles do this because we can actually ask direct questions to the world of spirit and i remember also that that had happened within leslie flint when we was uh, i remember sitting in in leslie's uh, place and a gentleman had come in his name was peter and I think that he has probably been with, uh, with Leslie and seen him maybe three and four times. And his wife, Sue, had passed. And um, Peter always came there because he wanted to talk to Sue, but she never came through. And there was one day I remember that Leslie turned around and said to Mickey, oh, for God's sake, Mickey, can you go and find Sue? You know, she has never come through and Peter's still sitting down there waiting to talk to her. And then suddenly uh, Mickey disappeared. And then he came back again and he said, no, can't find her, can't find her at all. And then, you know, he actually explained, all spirit don't want to come and speak to us. It is their free will. We can look for them, we can't find them. And that is something I think people must try to understand when you go into a spiritualist church, it is not always the mother, the father, the aunt. It could be some neighbor down the road around the corner that comes through. At that time, there is many spirit who doesn't want to come through. Get it into your head. They don't want to get through. They have had enough of this life. I remember in a circle I sat into, and we had this old Cockney guy coming into the circle, and we were just sitting there, and we were just going, hello, who are you? And he said, well, I want to know, who are you then? I've been brought into this bleeding circle. That was his language. And we said, well, well what are you doing here? Well, if you think and I'm going to start telling you how much money you've got to put in the gas, I'm off. And he was very much like that. And we sat and laughed. But it was teaching us a lesson that even spirit can get fed up with some of the things that we ask for. You know, shall we move? Shall we have children? Shall I marry this one? Shall I do that? What's matter with all of you? Have you not yeah. been born to live your life? Are you not the one who's got to go around changing direction, doing things, planning your life? What is that got to do with spirit? We're here to learn. Is this a school of learning? It's a wonderful school of learning. You can't go out to shop at the moment. Sorry. You can do something else. It's life. Yeah. Yeah, very true. I had a thought actually on that very subject yesterday about why do spirits sometimes, the ones that are desperately wanted, not come back. And I thought, well, actually, spirit will go through their own grieving process exactly the same way as we can. And I, I believe uh, very much that to hear from somebody that you've lost when the grieving process hasn't quite gone through its whole uh, routine could with some people be quite damaging but also yeah. vice versa with spirit side Absolutely. you know spirit is grieving for us yeah. left behind yeah. Yeah. but i do know that there is some spirit who just doesn't want to come through i'm gonna be one of them <laughs> 
I can't imagine that. I can't imagine that, darling. I've got far too much to do. (laughs) I can't imagine that at all. (laughs) Oh, dear. Another question here from Bo Apollon. Would you say, oh, interesting. Would you say anyone could start up a physical circle or do you need some kind of training thinking about the dangers? I think, Bo, that... um, we have to know a little bit about physical mediumship as you set up a circle. I think your interest has to be there, really, because it is so different from a mental circle to a physical circle to a healing circle to an open circle to a closed circle to whatever circle you have got. The physical circle are the most difficult because of it is a harmony you have to have. You have to know what is happening you you have to find you see you have to find a medium who can sit in the cabinet you have to find the right sitters that i think that's also why books so many physical circles don't actually work you sit for years and years and nothing ever happened and you can have somebody going ill and suddenly everything happens so there has been one in the circle that was not actually in that spirit in that sort of uh, hop is what we call it so i think that people can set up a physical circuit but you have to know a little bit about it now i actually have uh, three circles in denmark i have set up i still are the mentor for that one i've got two circles in norway i'm also a mentor for that one so we have uh, links like this talking about what's happening i would give them advice what to do listen to spirit and that's working because that i have a background within myself what i have sort of taught them in various different workshop and so forth how to go forward so i think a little bit of knowledge would be good but by all means set a physical circle up but you can sit for nine years and nothing happened yeah and um, i've uh, had similar questions but not only not in the main physical but setting up circles and always my response has been well have you actually approached spirit have you actually put your intent have you actually Mm. you know sat and meditated and gone to spirit and say i would like this to have evolved i would like it to evolve because it's going to serve whatever because spirit you know say right i want a physical circle because you want to see chairs fly and spirit going to look there go you know carry on then have fun Enjoy yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, often you go into a physical circle, I just think you sit there and just be happy and be joyful because of you're there. I think that's when things start to come in, actually, when you have reached that stage where you don't actually expect any things, but you go there because you want to let spirit come through. You sit to let them come through. You know, you don't sit to develop yourself. You don't sit in a mental circle where you have to develop yourself. You sit as an instrument for spirit. And they will use you if they can. So that's it. Definitely, definitely. Um, <laughs> there's another Dane, Joy, that comes in there. She, I can see, she says, I hope to see you in Ulster. That's one of my big demonstrations. I go, yes, Joy, I will come there. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> what a wonderful evening absolutely beautiful and i was just sat there i was great i didn't have to say anything for 45 minutes I was, i'm laughing here <laughs> <laughs> oh dear no 
think that I have gone through some of the things I would love to say, but as I say, you know, I have so many stories, you have no idea. And also my network within the physical are enormously big. Uh, Victor Sammy and, uh, you know, Wendy Sammy in Australia and uh, in, in Brazil and in New Zealand, in Spain and every places like that. We often talk together upon these things, which is lovely. So when you have a network like that and you can learn from each other, it is so fantastic. Right. And I have to say, it doesn't matter. I have actually been a medium for 50 years and had traveled up and down Great Britain with my work and so forth. And I was born in uh, 1982. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> and my, my, aura, it, uh, my aura just fell on the ground. <laughs> I get distracted here because during the time talking about the physical circle, there is something banging on the roof over the healing altar. And I'm just like, I'm not listening. Stop it. Go away. <laughs> I just have to turn around and say the wonders of it is, is all the years I have had of experience and uh, the learning and, and go, I have never stopped learning in all the 50 years and Indeed. all the journeys I have got to. Yeah. I still and I still, I am amused what's happening. And I sometimes sit in awe and go, oh, how did you do that? So, and of course, I've traveled a great deal. I went to uh, America also to Duke University. And I went into the research center there and it's studying. I wanted to find certain things. And that was very interesting, uh, being part of that. So my work had taken me quite far, really, really far in studying this. And I don't give up. I really don't give up. And as no, I, 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 I can't to... see you giving up. I, I can see him having to sit on the coffin lid one day saying, quick, get down. <laughs> <laughs> and I keep on saying, well, you probably can't see it that I'm in my age. I am 32. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When you said 50 years, I was, I was trying to get in. You don't look old enough, but I couldn't get that in. But never mind. Hey. <laughs> Still got my own teeth and hair, all right? Oh, lovely. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've got somebody else's here. I don't know who's, but never mind. <laughs> I always remember in my churches, I have I sort of been around Great Britain, and you come in and you sit down, you go, right, somebody's put a foreign coin in there, and there's a button. That <laughs> 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 was when you went around with the plate. You often found buttons or foreign coins. That was yeah. it. So, yeah. <laughs> lovely people. We are so spiritual, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. We're down to earth because we know we're here and we may as well enjoy it. I think that's one of the benefits of spiritualism. It actually gives you a new zest for this life because you know, right, well, okay, bring it on. <laughs> there we go. Marion, what a beautiful evening. If you get the time at some time to go through some of the comments because there's quite a lot of uh, questions there about uh, joining a circle. Um, you seem to have your PR team in tonight, which I'm internally grateful for, uh, who are backfilling on a lot of answers in there. So that's yes. wonderful. That's Bolt and Anita. It's, it's actually a little team I work with in Denmark, and it's great. Adia, the one who helped me with my own Zoom meeting. Ah, with, right. And I'm doing the same now today, but in Danish. Uh, to explain to them, we have already got a hundred people link into Zoom on Monday. We can't have any more. Brilliant. 
Absolutely. So the evening, so it's great, you know. Yeah, and I and I'm forever thankful to Annette Yule or to Bo Appleton. So thankful because I couldn't work because of my dyslexia. You know, I couldn't do it all myself. Do you see? And and because they follow me, they have been with me. We, we know each other. It's so nice to have people like that around you. I, I wasn't aware of that, and I could just see them answering all these things in the side. And I'm like, I don't know who you people are, but I really love you. Thank you so much for being there. <laughs> yeah, probably a Democrat when I get to Denmark. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not going to get away with that one. <laughs> Anyway, just very briefly, everybody, tomorrow at three o'clock, we have a live divine service, and that will be hosted on Zoom. The joining details are on the church Facebook page under the events. Then on Monday evening, we have a meditation. Please note this Monday, it's just moved forward an hour because I'm helping out uh, another church who wish to put on a zoom presentation and i'm just going to be in with them on their first one to help them master zoom and how it all works and everything because apparently i'm the now the spiritual it engineer for the south coast i don't know how that happened but oh well <laughs> then thursday next week we have another of our aspects of spiritualism evenings and we have brian robertson with us from the InnerQuest Foundation in Canada speaking. Tonight, we have had the wonderful Marion. Uh, absolute joy to hear just a fraction of uh, your experience and your adventures. And we will meet one day. We're only 110 miles apart, all right? Yeah. So. You come into London, love. Uh, all right, sweetie, I will. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all for joining us tonight thank you for those who will be watching us uh, later on catch up I'm putting some of these comments up here in Danish I've got no idea what they're saying I hope they're complimentary right. he's in a physical circle I set up ah right okay <laughs> I was going to say I'm putting them up there I might have some anarchist on here I don't know <laughs> <laughs> <You're right. laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, Brian. Thank you, everybody. Take care. Good night.